Good morning. Good morning. Please join me in the prayer of illumination as it's printed in your bulletins and on the board. Lord, I want, I want to, to live, live my life, life wisely. There, there are, are so many, many voices telling me telling how to live. Help me to hear your voice and help me to understand your word. This is my prayer today. Amen. Today's scripture reading is from the book of Psalms, chapter 112. Praise the Lord. Happy are those who fear the Lord, who greatly delight in his commandments. Their descendants will be mighty in the land. Their generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their houses, and their righteousness endures forever. They rise in the darkness as a light for the upright. They are gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with those who deal generously and lend, who conduct their affairs with justice. For the righteous will never be moved. They will be remembered forever. They are not afraid of evil tidings. Their hearts are firm, secure in the Lord. Their hearts are steady. They will not be afraid. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. They have distributed freely. They have given to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Their horn is exalted in honor. The wicked see it and are angry. They gnash their teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked comes to nothing. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Significant job cuts planned this week. Employers security. If only there were a way to address these fears. If only we could come up with some alternative plan. David and I were watching one of our favorite movies last weekend. Let's take a look and see what Marty comes up with as an alternative plan to make a few bucks on the side. Uh, it's a souvenir. 50 years of sports statistics. Hardly recreational reading material, Mark. Well, hey, Doc, what's the harm in bringing back a little info on the future? Well, maybe we could replace a couple of bets. Mark, I didn't invent the time machine for financial gain. The intent here is to gain a clearer perception of humanity. Where we've been, where we're going, the pitfalls and the possibilities, the perils and the promise. Perhaps even an answer to that universal question. Why? Hey, Doc, I'm all for that. A few bucks on the side. I am going to put this in the trash. What's wrong with making a few bucks on the side? Where's Doc Brown when we need him? Where's the time machine? How can we pick up a copy of a sports almanac, secure our futures? I cannot tell you how many resolutions in the United Methodist Book of Resolutions that Marty's plan breaks. Cheating, gambling, hoarding money. Clearly, Marty is not a United Methodist. You know, we laugh. Sometimes we come up with some crazy ideas on how to make ends meet or how to pump up the budget a little bit or earn a few bucks on the side. Especially in times like these, 
when there's so much fear and wondering about our future, the future of our national economy and our own personal economies. If only we could gain some wisdom about money and finances. If only there was somewhere we could look. When Dominic was a preschooler, I was in a mother's group for mothers of preschoolers. Several of the women who were in leadership in that group went to our national convention, and while I was there, I attended a financial freedom seminar. I was shocked to hear that the Bible addresses finances and resources so many times. There are over 800 references to money and possessions in the Bible. It is the second most referenced topic, yet it is one that the church often shies away from talking about because it's uncomfortable. God clearly addresses it, and scripture offers us wisdom surrounding money and resources. And it's okay to talk about. And it's even okay to feel uncomfortable when talking about it. Most areas of personal discipleship make us uncomfortable because they make us evaluate our own discipleship. When people think about money in the Bible, they immediately think about giving to the church. And yes, there are directives in scripture telling us that we should give to the church. But there are also many other references. Remember, I said over 800 times that God offers us wisdom about finances, about how to lead our own lives and care for one another. One of those times is in the psalm that we read this morning. Now, a little bit of, of history for those who appreciate those types of things. Psalm 112 is an acrostic poem in Scripture. That means that it's written in such a way that each line begins with the letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So if in our English language it would go from A to Z, each line would begin A, B, C, D. Well, in this acrostic poem, each line begins with a you know, succession letter of the Hebrew alphabet. This poem is included in the wisdom literature in scripture. These holy words are offered to us as guidance for our lives, teaching us what life is and what life looks like, depending on humanity's actions. Did you ever get advice from an elder in your midst, in your life? And they say, look, I've been around a long time. And usually when, when you do A, you get B. Usually when you make this choice, you get this consequence. Sometimes when you do A, you'll get Z. But most of the time, based on my, my experience, A gets you B. Well, that's what these words in this ancient and holy poem are for us. They're, they're words of direction from our spiritual ancestors. They're teaching us from what they've learned and observed through living their lives. These holy words offer us some very clear boundaries, or as we've said before, some clear rules of the road. God's word is always guiding us. If we can just set aside our own fears and our own ideas and our own agendas and our own crazy plans like Marty's to secure his future through the sports almanac. But if we turn to the words of those who lived and who have loved us enough to send us these beautiful, holy instructions, the beginning of the psalm is very direct in its teaching. It said, blessed are those who fear the Lord and who find great delight in his commandments. Well, that's not a great place to start. 
Blessed are those who fear the Lord. I don't want to fear the Lord. I want to love the Lord. I want to worship the Lord. I want to be in fellowship with the Lord, but I don't really want to fear the Lord. See, to be, to be blessed in our modern culture means the opposite of fear. If I'm blessed, I shouldn't be afraid. If I'm blessed, I should be comfortable and have peace and joy and contentment and all those things we work for. So how can we say that we are blessed when we are in fear? Fear conjures up images of, of tears and stress and knots in our stomach and uncertainty. But if you review the scripture, the word said that blessed are those who fear the Lord and delight in his own commands. It reminds me of Jesus' words when he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek, the merciful, the peacemakers, the pure in heart. God's idea of blessed is a little different than humanity's. Blessed are those who live out the commandments of God. If you look at it as simply as through the lens of the Ten Commandments, blessed are those who love God and love God alone. Those who praise God's holy name and honor God by keeping the Sabbath. Those who love and respect their parents never harm anyone, much less take a life. Blessed are those who don't take what belongs to another and who always tell the truth and who are faithful. Those who are content with what they have and don't pine for what another has. That is what and who God calls us to be. And if we have a respectful fear of God, that will keep us between those boundaries, between those lines. Well, then I want to live out the the wisdom in this scripture that tells me to fear God. And I want to delight in his commandments because they're for my protection and the protection of all of God's children. You see, God is for us. God wants to protect us even from ourselves. Doc wanted to stop Marty because if Marty did what he wanted to do, it would affect his future. And he was thinking it would have a great effect on his future. But Doc knew the possibilities were endless. If you watch the rest of the movie, it didn't work out so good. The wisdom scriptures, these scriptures are a gift to us, a gift that we only need to accept and truly receive and believe and put into practice. See, that's the, the path to a blessed life. It's that easy. Love God. Be in awe of God. Be in awe of the God who spoke life into existence. See, when you let yourself be reminded of who God truly is, then it's easy to fear God. When you let yourself sit with the idea that God spoke into the darkness of chaos, into the nothingness that surrounded God, and with a simple word, life began, dark, and light, night and day, water and land, mountain and valley, animal, just with the voice of God. If you stop and let yourself think about that and the enormity of that, if you understand the galaxies that were produced at the word of God, at the voice of God, and then after all of that, God gathered the dirt and intricately crafted humans with love and gifted us all that he had made, well, then it's easy to stand in awe and wonder of that God. 
It's easy to stand in awe-filled worship of that God who holds the oceans at bay and the stars in place. When you let yourself be reminded that God controls the winds and the waves with his very intention, then you realize he deserves all honor, glory, and respect. And then it's easy to fear God, not in trembling fear, but in reverence and worship and respect. And then it's easy to follow God's commands. Because if the God of the universe thinks something's a good idea, I doubt you know better. You know the best part? You know, it says to bow and, and love God and be in reverence of God and be delighted in following his commands. And you know the best part? It goes immediately into how we will be blessed. If we just do these things, we will be blessed. When we obey God, when we hear the great commandment that Jesus has set forth to love God with everything we have and to love our neighbor as ourselves, we become blessed beyond measure. When we put others' needs before our own, God blesses us. You've heard it said before. You know, I went there to serve them, but I was blessed. I went there to teach them, but I learned. I went there to love them, but they loved me big. I got more out of it than most people. Maybe you've been blessed by serving at a sharing kitchen or working at a Habitat for Humanity job site. Maybe you've been blessed by reading to children who need a little extra help or offering to tend the landscaping around your church, or cooking a meal for someone, or simply sitting and being present. God's commands tell us to love God and love one another. That's it. And in his never-ending mercy and grace in return for offering love to another, God blesses us. These words are reminding us that we're meant to be in relationship with God. We're meant to allow God to be the guiding light in our lives, the cornerstone, you know, all the things that we say as Christians. But if we don't allow God to transform us from the inside out, do we really fear him? You know, Doc had, had told Marty, don't do this. Don't do anything that's going to negatively impact your future. And Marty respected Doc, but did he really listen? No, because he thought he knew better, and his respect didn't form his life. That's what this scripture is calling us to today. When you make decisions, don't make plans out of fear. Make plans that you believe will, will fall in line with God's expectation. Now, if I read you parts of this psalm, you know, the later parts, if I skip the first part, and if I said, listen, I've got a plan. I've got a plan. I'd be a good salesman, huh, Wendy? I've got a plan. And if you do what I say, then you will have mighty children. And you will have wealth and riches. A life where good things come to you and justice surrounds you. And you don't need to fear anyone. You don't need to fear bad news. And you have no true enemies. You will be remembered as good and just for all times. <laughs> You'd say, well, sign me up for that. I'll buy whatever you're selling. You know, we want the good things. We want the quick. You know, if I sign up for this, I get that. If I do A, I want Z. 
We want all the good things in life or what we've determined to be good things. We want healthy families and riches and goodness and justice and to be able to walk without fear. But then at the end of my sales pitch, if I said, all you have to do is fear God and gladly keep his commands. Well, hmm, let me think about it. What does that mean? Fear God? Eh, I don't know. But isn't that what we do? Isn't that what we do? Jesus said, love God with everything you have. Let your life be formed around that. And then love others. Love others as much as you love yourself. That's all. That sums up the whole thing. Well, I want to do that, but I really want this. I really want the fastest car or the biggest house or the Pinterest-looking party that costs a lot of money, or the whatever. And then if you stop to think, how much, how much time and resource and spirit do we invest in worldly things that will pass away and become a memory, a good memory, I bought my first car when I was in college. I thought it was a big deal. Went in. It was in the showroom. I mean, it was like a Chevy Cavalier, but still. I thought it was a big deal. It was in the showroom. Did it myself. You know what my interest rate was? I thought my parents were going to kill me. I thought, I'm going to need to be buried in this car. I paid on it forever. And the minute I drove it off, Within two weeks, I hit a deer. Like a month after that, I backed into a pole. It was a wreck. It was a wreck. And I didn't, you know, deductible. <laughs> That's new. Who knew that was a thing? So now I have this high payment, high interest loan on this car that is crunched and looks like my brother drove it in the demolition derby. There's my thing of great pride. If I just had waited, you know, but I still knew everything then. We are made to fear God and to love God with all that we have, and we're made to gladly follow God's commands, and that will begin to change us from the inside out, and it won't be about having the showroom car or being the best at work or being the woman who has it all together, who has no flaws, and when other women look at me, they think, oh, why can't I be like her when in reality she's a wreck, right? If we love and are in awe of our creator, we will gladly keep God's commands, which will change us and challenge us and drive us to keep God number one in our lives, to order our, our priorities according to what God calls and what God says. It will change us and drive us to honor our spouses and our families and to take time to be with them, choosing relationship over career achievement or over our favorite hobby or whatever we fill our time with. 
if we are made to fear God and to love God with all that we had, and if we are challenged, then rather than wanting what isn't ours or even taking what doesn't belong to us, instead we'll look for opportunities to serve others. We will invest in our churches. We will invest in our communities. We will invest time in our children and in our senior citizens. We will look for the least and the lost. We will seek them out and we will be with them. We will be honest with who we are because we can say, look, if God can redeem me, he's gonna do wonderful things for you. Even I've been redeemed and you don't know me. The only thing that will fill the God-sized hole in us is our relationship with God. And we try to jam it full of everything else. And guess what? In a month, you end up with a wrecked car and a high payment that you can't. And even my tears are collected by the Holy Spirit. Let these wisdom words change you from the inside out. Let these words guide you to choose the path of the blessed. All God's children said, amen. I'd like to invite the band back. Let's get the band back together. I'm sorry, I'm extraordinarily off today. as we remember that we are called to love Jesus with all that we have, and that begins with sharing all that we are. a wandering soul, traveling a well-worn road, a sinner so far from home, no second chance in sight, and I heard you call my name, and I heard you lift my shame, and I made a vow. I'd spend the rest of my life loving my Jesus and showing my scars and telling my story of how mercy can reach you where you are. And I pray the whole cry of my heart is to see all the ones I love. Oh, loving my Jesus. Oh, sin tries to make you hide. 
Showing. 